Shockley. What's wrong? I'm a little nervous. My old man's here. Your dad's here? Where's he at? He's right behind home plate. Don't look. Don't look. Look, he's waving. Hey, he's just your old man. He's as full of shit as anybody. Hey, what's going on? I'm breathing through the wrong fucking eyelid again, dude. Shut up. Hey, did you guys hear about Jimmy and Millie? Yeah. They got engaged. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah? Well, wait till I tell him she's gone down on half the Carolina League. Hey, anybody says anything bad about Millie, I break his neck. Excuse me, you guys. I got a game for you. Hey. hey, you guys. Don't throw me anything. My girlfriend put a curse on my glove. I'll take the hex off the fucking glove. Give me the glove. Well, then you got to cut the head off a live rooster. What the hell's going on out there? Looks like a convention. Pretty soon they're gonna call the roll. <laughs> Get your ass out there and check it out. Excuse me, what the hell's going on out here? Well, Nick's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live, was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. Well, uh, candlesticks always make a nice gift, and uh, maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting, or maybe a silverware pattern. Okay, let's get to with the Cinema 9 Podcast on a grandiose scale. Travis Roy, Eric Brasher, Michael Govier. It's time to do movie talk. We do Does It Hold Up every week. This week's movie is Bull Durham, a 1988 film directed by Ron Shelton, starring Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, and more. And we will, Robert Wall's in that one. We will get into that later in the show. But first, we'd like to warm it up and say hello. Don't forget, Cinema 9 Pod at ProTemail.com is the email. We have a Patreon that is live and as Travis and Eric, my esteemed hosts, these guys have been doing the show since day one. All three of us have literally been doing the show since the beginning. I think that's a fact, right, Travis? Indeed. Yes, this is true. We are the hosts, and this is our show. Fun facts coming at you quickly. <laughs> wow. That's right. Uh, hey, oh, watch out now. Uh, the Patreon is active. It's only... Uh, it's only as cheap as you want it to be or as expensive as you want it to be. And you sure. can find that link in our show notes, which we post in every podcast. It's patreon.com slash something. 
and I probably should know what it is. Yeah, but I we'll don't. figure it out. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. How are you doing, Mike? Well, that exists. Uh, what is today? Wednesday? Nice little Wednesday. Yeah. We're Wednesday. back on our regular schedule. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. uh it's I, a day after It's hot uh, out today. Oh my god. So hot, so hot Travis. Like you the poor longest, bastard. The longest days of the year and the hottest days of the year. Like, fuck you, son. Go away. I get up there, you're, you're there. I go to bed, you're there. Ugh. <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not good. You love it, Eric. Eric loves it. I just got a pollen alert on my computer. Uh, look, what the hell is this? <laughs> serious pollen. Jesus. Look out. Pollen. Mal- malware and pollen. I got to update this thing. <laughs> I am so grateful, by the way. Like, I have know some people in my life where they're like completely stuffed up and they sound so bad, but it's just allergies from that crap. And I'm not. It's so weird. It doesn't affect certain people. And it majorly affects others. I'm so grateful that it doesn't affect me. Thank you. Oh, fictitious Lord. You're always been there for me when I needed you. Thank I you. work with people that like look like they're on death's door. I'm like, oh my god, you should have called in. <laughs> it's just allergies. <laughs> That's why you take allergy medication. I was like 30 before it occurred to me, like, hey, maybe if I took allergy meds, you know, during the fall and spring, sure. I wouldn't get a runny nose and strep throat and and make you know because people just walk around like it's just allergies. <laughs> take a fucking pill, genius. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny though. I I know somebody who takes the pills, the Claritin, like a daily twenty four hour one, and sometimes it's still not enough. Travis, yeah, it's yeah, very it's, it's tough yeah. going out there, man. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, with movie wise, oh, got some yeah, fun movies. movies. Uh, yeah, we we do a show about film sometimes. It's called <laughs> Cinema Nine Podcast. Uh, last week's show, last week's show was about a movie that Eric selected, and it was a fascinating watch. I went back and listened to it. I, I kind of feel like maybe I was a little bit harsh on some of the people, and I just wanted to take this moment to be like, you know, sometimes our opinions change, my opinions change, and I don't always feel the same way I do that day, which is fascinating because I would think it would kind of stick with the consistency, but it doesn't always work out that way for me. Sometimes I'm always locked in, but no, no retraction. Just feel like I was a little harsh on some of the guys in the movie. That's all. Maybe a little harsh. No big deal. It's not a major... Mercurial. This is not a retraction. This is definitely oh, okay. not a retraction. Right. Okay. I stand behind what I said because the more I read about it after the fact, it's just ridiculous what they did. I, I got major beef with it. So, so listen uh, to that but episode. If you, yeah, still, it's a very entertaining episode for sure. And uh, it looked like, like people that. enjoyed it. I like you guys and I like doing the show. No matter what happens, hopefully we'll be 65 and still I being like able you. to do this show. And hopefully by the time we're 65, the internet will be so fast. We'll never have, we won't even have to like do anything. We'll just be laying in our beds and we could put avatars of ourselves in action while we're almost falling asleep. It'll be amazing. You'll just be able to use telepathy to fast forward through sweet scenes of romance and Americana. I look forward to a future date where I could read a text and think about what I'm going to text. And um, it's actually sent because very often, like, you know, I compose the text in my mind, but it never actually gets sent. I don't type it out. I just like, you know, I look at it, and go, oh, okay, and I think about it. And like later on, I'm like, yeah, well, I, I answered that, that, but no, I didn't. You got to verify that. like what you're saying because it'll be like, I don't want to fucking talk to this asshole. Then I'll send that. <laughs> yes. What a dick! Read my mind is what I'm saying. Great King dick. of the dicks. Uh, I wanted to ask Travis about there's a movie that's coming out. It's called Lightyear. It's a prequel. It's out. It's not a prequel. I mean, it's it's not a prequel? Not exactly. It's It's already come out and bombed. 
bombed it made 50 million dollars i don't know if that's a bomb it's just underperformed what they expected um you know it's made its money back already um oh, but no. uh it's uh it's what it is it's it's based it's a movie based on a movie i mean it's not a prequel it's the movie that andy likes it's andy's favorite movie from toy story it's where buzz oh. Lightyear comes from so it's not exactly i thought you'd be excited like, about this i'm excited enough i'm not gonna run to theaters i mean uh i am gonna run to theaters <laughs> oh. to see the black phone uh, oh, i'm looking forward to you, that dude. i want to see that in theaters for sure that's the only yeah. thing that's coming up that i'm like i'm going to oh and i and i bought my my new thor the thor four uh ticket yesterday too oh boy yeah. i gotta tell you i got i happened to just in innocently run into a commercial for thor love and thunder and i was like oh wow this is actually coming out now and yeah and i saw a few things in it where it, i was like oh shit i didn't even know that was happening i didn't want to know because i was just kind of stuck there yeah. It was. I didn't mean to be there. I was watching something that had nothing to do with movies, and it showed you up. up. You so. fucked up. You watched a preview. Now it's all ruined. I can't it's watch not, the movie now. It was a, it was a thirty second <laughs> teaser commercial. It wasn't even a trailer. It sucks. I got screwed on that. But CGI muscles. I, it did get me more motivated. Like, oh, I want to see that one. I definitely want to be that. I'm stoked. In theaters. I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm stoked too. It did stoke me too. So I'll give it credit for that. But yeah, yeah that's gonna be fun. Uh, yeah, I. I just thought Lightyear was something that would be big for you, Travis. But it doesn't mean you love every animated film, so I shouldn't I mean, make that assumption. I'll see it as soon as it's on Disney Plus. I'm just not going to rush out to theaters for it. Yeah, forty-five minute window right it comes so quick. Like Doctor Strange two just hit Disney Plus today. I'm like, are you already? Right. That's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, already. Why, but why aren't they I'll, make, I'll trying to rake in more money? I don't get it. I don't either. This is the new world order. The Batman was 45 days. Everything's 45 days now. That's it. This is probably going to be the new standard. Yeah, I'm not complaining. It's just, it's just, I'm not used to it yet. For those of you that missed our Patreon on traveling, uh, you might know that we spent a lot of time at home. So uh, (laughs) it's good news for us. (laughs) It's good news for us people at home. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into the quarantine viewing picks. Hmm. Travis Roy, you have control of the board on a Wednesday evening. What's cooking in your world? Well, speaking of Marvel, you know, I've watched the first three episodes of Miss Marvel, and I was a little underwhelmed at first, but I'm I'm getting into it. I like it. It's it's good. Oh. It's uh, I'm I'm digging that one. And uh, wrapped up Barry. You know, Barry season three was just, I mean, edge of your seat finale. I just I can't wait uh, to watch it. I cannot stress enough how fucking awesome Barry is. I know I've mentioned it on the show before, but. It's just waited so years for this season. So I was like, when is this new season ever going to come out? And now I'm just going to binge it all the way straight through. Well, it's it's all out. So you can watch it. The final the final episode has aired. So if you can get on that. I'm shit. really, really excited. That first two season, I love that show. I'm with you. I thought Barry was a great show and I was so excited for this season. So I even though I wanted to watch them. Oh, it's even the best season. I mean, you know, it's, I might have recency bias, but it's it's really good. And it's some of the best directing that Bill Hader has done. I mean, it's like I want this. Seriously, speaking of Marvel, I'm like watching this season. I'm like, give this man like a Marvel movie or a, even or like a Mission Impossible movie. This guy can do action like nobody's business. I mean, he wow. really I mean, he really is a strong director. Uh, Bill, okay. old Bill. That's very, but, very impressive words. Yeah, I, I love him. Um, I did watch some movies. I The only new movie I watched, oh, actually, I take that back. I watched two new movies that, from this year. Neither were that great. I watched Jerry and Marge Go Large. That was uh, the new uh, <laughs> Paramount Plus movie with Brian Cranston, Brian Cranston and Annette Benning. And it was, you know, yeah, it was fine. Mm. I wouldn't recommend it. And I felt mm. the same way about Spiderhead, the new Netflix movie with, with Chris Hemsworth. 
um, and Miles Teller. They they took a premise, set it up, you know, they wound it up, and then just let it play out the way you would expect it to. It was it was just completely like, well, here it is. Uh, this is the movie you were, you know, like it's a good, it's an interesting premise, but they they just don't do a lot with it. And it's like, mm. I do think Chris Hemsworth is not bad in it, though. It's probably some of the, um, you know, he's not a very convincing like scientist, but uh, it's a different role for him. It's a different role for him. So I'll give him that. Mm. Um, but mostly, I wanted to watch. I don't know why I wanted to watch a bunch of movies I've seen before, none of which were particularly good. Um, <laughs> I, I I watched Life Stinks. Didn't you watch that somewhat recently, Mike? Am I wrong? Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, yeah, okay. Still kind of underwhelmed by it. I wanted to like it more than I did, you know, which is how I felt all the way back in 91, I guess. Wow. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's a good premise. It's a good premise for a film. It's just not that great, entertaining, uh, yeah, funny. It's not that great. Uh, you know, I long lived under the impression incorrectly that Short Circuit 2 was superior to Short Circuit <laughs> 1. But having watched Short wow. Circuit 1 not that long ago and then revisited Short Circuit 2, this weekend, uh, Los Lobos does not kick your ass or your balls into outer space. I mean, it's it's got its moments, uh, but it's 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 all over the fucking place. I'm like, this is this is this really it's like find a plot and stick with it. I don't know. It's uh, it's all over. It's a, it's not as good as the first one. Surprisingly oh. enough, guys, hot take on 1988's Short Circuit 2 from Travis Roy right here. Cowboy Johnny Five. <laughs> <laughs> I revisited Blind Fury again yes. from 1989. I think I watched it maybe six months ago. Never fucking gets old. Uh, shit, fuck, shit, fuck. I'm never, I'm never going to get sick of Blind Fury. Um, probably the best movie I watched this week. Uh, because the only other movie I watched this week besides Bull Durham was uh, this movie I've been wanting to revisit for a long time. I kept on having this vision of my head of Tom Selleck and Kirstie Alley in a movie, and Kirstie Alley's like getting shot and like or something dying in a pool. And I'm like, what is this movie? Something about robots? Michael Crichton wrote and directed this movie called Runaway back in 1984. Four, where where like when Kirstie Alley and Tom Selleck were the top of the TV world, they did this bizarre um, science fiction movie that I know. I mean, I'd seen that probably two or three times or more even when I was a kid, but I hadn't been since I was like a little little kid that I watched this movie. And it's so funny to see like Tom Selleck very seriously like strap foam <laughs> to himself and fight this plastic box on wheels. <laughs> It's so <laughs> funny in ways that weren't intended, um, but also kind of dull. So I'm going to, again, hot take here. 1984's <laughs> Runaway, not great. But And those Damn. are the movies I watched. Like little robots? What is this plot? <laughs> they're literally like, like a foot high. Like they're these plastic boxes and like, you know, they go out of control every now and then. And his job as a cop is to like get the runaway robots and, <laughs> and put them down. But Gene fucking Simmons, of all people, is involved and he's nefarious and like using, you know, using the robots to do evil things. It's, uh, <laughs> sounds very 80s. Tom Selleck and robots. It's so 80s. Yeah, it does. Any toxic way? reported uh <laughs> no, no cynthia rhodes is in it and she looks amazing but uh, <laughs> other than that not much to see here <laughs> dude speaking of amazing i rewatched forever young starring uh mel gibson and Jimmy oh, yeah. curtis elijah, elijah wood, wood. i always love forever young like a like a really cool plot about like cryogenics and like he wakes up like 50 years george later, went to find a love of his life <laughs> george went oh, tries to help him out yep 
a fun I saw film. that in the theater, Eric. Yeah. I saw it in the theater. I remember. Yeah, me and Matt Simiak saw it in the theater in 1993. Serious idiocracy, well. right? It's idiocracy, but for grownups. <laughs> is that the night you swung in his basement and broke your face open? No, that was a year before then. Yeah, it was a couple months prior. I survived, and then my new brain wanted to watch Mel Gibson movies that were rom-coms and kind of sure. thrillers related to cryogenics and the ticking of time <laughs> in our humanity. I don't know why. Niche genre. Yeah. We don't know well, why dude. we're attracted to the things. Just like Bull Durham, we don't know why we're attracted to the things we're attracted to. We just do it. Cryogenics were huge in the early 90s. Encino Man, Demolition Man, <laughs> and Forever Young. Yeah. That was That's a true. thing. You're right. Hot little run there for cryogenics. Encino Mel. But yeah, I like the film. <laughs> Brendan Freezer. I like the movie. Um, still holds up. All right. No, uh, I did a double feature on my man Denzel Washington. So Pretty I watched good. Man on Fire from 2004. <laughs> I watched it recently. Keep you, you in think? suspense. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, such a bizarre movie, even for like Tony Scott's standards. It's like, what is this? Like, what is this? It's, 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 he's trying to trigger some sort of like psychoactive response in the viewer by having yeah. the fastest edits of anyone yeah. in any film ever. That's what of any of Tony movie. Scott's movies. That's saying something. It's yeah. a fucking, it's like, it's, it's like you, it's like, it's like you're twitching out. Yeah. Oh it's like wow! Tony it's like Scott uh, on PCP. It's like those two guys. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, yes. Tony Scott on PCP. That's it's like the uh, uncut gems movie guys. Those guys, the Safi brothers. Yeah, Safi yeah. brothers. Is even Maybe they're inspired by this. Maybe that they were inspired by that. Who knows? Honestly, I, a, that movie is a calm and easy Sunday ride compared yeah, to the man compared on to this. Fire. Yep. Holy like cow! Lazy, like floating uncut gems is like floating on a, like a lazy river on an inner tube compared to Man on Fire, which is a wow. cacophony of insane edits, like font on screen where there's not even like a foreign language being spoken, <laughs> just so it will register with the viewer. Wow! What the fuck I, is this? You know, there was a whole run there of those Denzel movies, Man on Fire, Deja yeah. Vu. There was like That's four right. of those yeah. over. Uh, then I watched the one another about one. the train with Chris yeah, Pond. Oh, you did watch another one. Unstoppable. Yeah, I watched Out of Time. This was a Carl Franklin. Like I thought this for for years. This was just another Tony Scott. Like get another action movie out there with uh, Denzel. It's Carl Franklin, and believe it or not, a fine performance by Dean Cain. I was just as surprised uh, as anyone. Devil in a Blue uh, Dress. Carl Mendes. Franklin? Sorry. Devil in a Blue Dress, Carl Franklin. Yeah, Devil in a Blue Dress, Carl Franklin. Shout out to Brian. Of the show. Yeah. But the movie is just very like, what, what, somebody like owe somebody a favor? We have like a Simon Kinberg situation here because it's just like so uh, dull. It's like, why is this a movie? It feels like like a bad episode of a, a pilot to a series that would not get picked up. <laughs> wow. Can't recommend it, man. Um, mm. Anything good? I want to apologize. <laughs> I want to apologize sincerely to Scott Cooper. Uh, cause I've been trashing out of the furnace since I walked out of the theater. Oh, um, what? Recently watched it on Tubi. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. Uh, yeah, Underrated. loved it. I don't know what I was thinking. It's like, I, I was surrounded by people. I got like popping popcorn and that it's this slow ass, very patient, <laughs> delicate character there study. humans around me. I didn't yeah. care for that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that. I know that feeling. But the movie is fucking fantastic. And, and the takeaway is like, for me. It's really hard to like make villains seem dangerous. Like by now we're so used to just being like, oh, that's the bad guy. But like when I watch like Woody Harrelson as uh, Harlan uh, the Grove, like 
Like, I'm scared of him. I'm scared of him watching a movie. And I know Woody, but like, he's so good. And the direction is just so precise and patient and they, yeah. um, de- delicate. They it's fucking fantastic character piece. Loved it. You man. know, they did a great job in Dragged Over Concrete. Those guys scared the shit mm-hmm. out of me. Mm-hmm. That's a good example, I think, yeah. of too. Like, I think these guys are do. frightening and terrifying, but you're right. It's hard to do, man, to make a villain feel like an actual threat and not just like, you know, whatever, the bad guy. I remember when Out of the Furnace came out, I was like, oh, obvious Oscar contender. People are going to be all over this. It just fucking yeah. flopped and everyone hated it. I was like, oh, all right. I, I never saw that. it at the time. I only saw it last year. That was the first time I watched it. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad I waited, I guess. Maybe I would have not. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have liked it when it came out. But I was so, so impressed by the movie when I finally watched Loved it. Loved it. Willem Dafoe. Forrest Wick. Incredible. Um, is that Lastly? Uh, no, that's not Lastly. Uh, I finally got around to watching Bon... <laughs> Bonfire of the Vanities, like all my life, I'm forty, almost forty-two. All my life, like one of the biggest disasters. We got a yes. Heaven's Gate situation here, man. I hit play on Tubi. It's not bad. I mean, it's not bad. I don't give a fuck about Thomas Wolfe. Like, I'm not one of these people that are like, "There's no way you could play Sherman." They're like, "You fucked this book." It's a fine film. Like, I I kind of liked it. I like Brian De Palma's direction. It was fucking awesome, and all the performances were really good. What's the problem here? I need to see it. I never saw, never it. saw it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think uh, that. I mean, yeah. what I do know of it is that it was one of the earlier serious turns for Tom Hanks, other than, mm-hmm. of course, Mazes and Monsters. Of course, <laughs> really. Of course. <laughs> yeah, but no, like he he's still really funny in it. He's just in a weird situation. Yeah. I actually recommend the film. Watch it on Tubi. Let me uh, know what you think about Bonfire. Then watch it on something other than Tubi. Well, support no support it, and it's no. free. <laughs> There'll be no watching outside of Tubi. Dude, that's it, man. The Obi-Wan finale was ah, pretty fucking good. But oh, really? That, I, five pretty bad episodes, but the finale was solid. No, I tuned out. I was I'm like, I'm done. Finish it up. <laughs> oh, no. I, I haven't watched a single it. episode. Yeah, I just I don't even care. Uh, you I guys all bum me out. Four episodes, and I was like, and I felt, after the third episode, I was like, I should stop watching. Then I watched the fourth one. I should have stopped watching. So I yeah. stopped watching. Yeah, it's I even too, talked too to late, but it's a it's a really good finale. But fuck right. it. Well, I'll I talked to a friend of the show, Star Wars fanatic James Andrews. He told yeah. me the show sucked too. So yeah, I mean, it's not awful, good. But some great scenes in that last fin- in last episode. That's it, man. You know, by the way, there hasn't been. You know, we're going on we're going on close to four years soon with no new Star Wars movie at all. We've had shows, of course, plenty of shows, but we're still stuck with the memory. It's been four years since Rise of Skywalker? Well, it'll almost be four years. It depends how you look at time. It was 2019, but yeah, we're going on. Next year, Taika Waititi is bringing us back to the theaters. He is? It's official? Yeah. It's It's been production or it's rumored? It's greenlit. It's It's, yeah, 2023 release date. It's happening. Rogue Squadron will probably come out before that, though, don't we? That canceled. They pulled the plug on Patty Jenkins' film. Oh, I didn't care about that. That was a mistake, I think. All right, well. That's too bad. I was kind of looking forward to that one, but all right. Maybe we'll get that solo sequel I want. Who knows? <laughs> I saw Solo one. in theater. I kind of enjoyed I it. it. I, did. I, I loved it in theaters. I loved it wasn't it. terrible it was the only one by in the theater. I walked out like, what is everyone's problem? This movie's What's fun. The problem? <laughs> that was classic. I mean, I, yeah, I'm always fucking wrong. <laughs> All three of us liked it? That's fine. What's the okay, problem? Wow. I enjoyed the fuck out of Solo. I don't know. I, that's mm-hmm. one of the few ones I'll revisit. Yeah, awesome. recent ones. Well, I, I live or die with... Uh, Rogue One, I thought it was incredible, yeah, course, yeah. and then I thought Solo was good. So yeah, okay. I like these anthology movie ideas. I don't know why people, who in the fuck knows why these things change and where these opinions finally filter to the people who make the decisions <laughs> on this shit. 
I don't really get it. But yeah, movie by committee, franchise by committee. That's it. That's it right It'll no be a plan. Twitter poll. Every yeah. yeah, social media polls on the next yeah. decision. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you Mike, Michael, what do you think? Michael Govier watches film, the movie. <laughs> mm, that sounds serious. Michael Govier watches mm. film, the movie. Yeah, I wonder what that would be like. Govier <laughs> on Govier. <laughs> Travis Roy watches movies of film on Travis Roy watching film. Roy uh, on Roy. <laughs> I watched. Uh, Watched a few things. I did want to mention this, and just because I thought it was exciting, I got less responsive excitement from others who I mentioned it to. But Michael Mann wrote a novel called Heat Two, and it's coming out in August. It's written by him. It's called Heat Two, 1989 to 2000. So it's basically the whole novel is a prequel of the crew of in everybody in Heat, and oh, then what happened to yeah. the remainders after the movie ends. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not it's, not, it's it's old news to me. I've, I mean, I've, it's been in the works for a long time, so I've, I guess I've had time to process it. So I didn't really <laughs> express enthusiasm when you texted us about it. But I'm also just like I forgot how to read books after I did my comprehensive exams. <laughs> my I'm just like I'm done with. I can hardly fucking finish a book. So I'm probably not going to read that. And I don't know, like, I mean, I tried reading the fucking Hollywood, uh, once upon a yeah, time in Hollywood I thing. I, I gave it, I gave that up. I just gave like, up. Eh. Even though I liked it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to set it down now. <laughs> yeah. Michael Mann, I mean, black cat, public, the, the stretch. And I can just see him like, wow, what could I do? How about heat too? All right. I'll write it. And, and also heat is literally, it's up there for me. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, hands down. Top, Top ten, hands down. Top, Top ten for three. sure for me. And, um, and I, I just don't want it fucked with. You know, I, um, I'll never forgive what Hal Hartley did with Hen with the Henry Fool oh. series. Never, oh. never forget. Some movies just don't need sequels. If you love yeah, a movie and you see a sequel, it can really fucking poison that well. So yeah, you never know, man. Wingro Rising. It could be it could incredible. <laughs> could be incredible. Now that's a Disney Plus prequel I can get on board with. Yeah, Wingro Rising series, <laughs> straight I to did, series run. I did see Faye Grimm. I, I, Tom Holland as Wingro. I, I I turned Faye Grimm off. I watched Faye Grimm all the way through, Terrible. and I was like, oh, you know, this is interesting. But is that the second or the third one? Because I know it's okay. The third one. Yeah, Ned Rifle was the third one. That's yeah. right. Okay. I was yeah. so angry. I mean, the first one, not no spoilers, but it, it's a ambiguous ending and the second one's like well here's how it ended yeah uh, oh yeah 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 big time know? yeah i forgot to mention so there's two movies yeah that need to be added to the ypsilanti dump watching henry fool was also a part of the rotation with really rounders right. and yeah. uh all the Ravenous. other movies we mentioned henry, ravenous yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh yeah goodwill hunting Deacon and uh um, yeah we mentioned that before too but the two we had mentioned to me were henry fool and uh Oh shit! Uh, Roger Dodger. Those were others. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. dude, that's on my short list. Come yeah. on now. Shh. I watched it recently. I watched it recently. I haven't watched it in years. It's definitely on my short list too. So it's not a secret, Eric. I don't think it's a secret. I think it's on everyone's short list. I probably should watch. <laughs> Secrets. All those movies from that dump era are probably on the short list. The I mean, dump era. All... This means nothing yeah. to listeners, but what he's talking, <laughs> what about, talking about is like, the dump era dump is a period of movies. We, yeah, it's a period when we lived together and watched a lot of the same movies. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. involve bathrooms or garbage. Uh, Not at all. Well, 
I mean, there well, were bathrooms and garbage there. It was a domicile. Was, it was a shelter, a home. It was a do- Dom's donut. It was a home. I'm going to use that it term a, loosely. It was a, uh, yeah, it had a roof and there was there were walls. some, uh, there were a few walls and a doors, carpet, <laughs> wow. maybe some carpet, uh, green couch, weird shit happened on. Who Absolutely. knows? Uh, all right. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I think I'm going to check it out and we'll see if a movie comes out of it or not. And I will admit freely, if they make a Heat 2 or any type of Heat thing, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. So. How do you uh, young Vince and Hannah? Come on, dude. I don't know if they'll do it right, but I'm going to check it out. All right. I'm going to check it out. You know, that's the other thing, too. Al Pacino made that joke at the Tribeca Film Festival where they're promoting Heat 2, and De Niro and Pacino were on stage together, and he made that joke about Timothy Chalamet yeah, should play yeah, me. Yeah, 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 it's, it's but it was a ridiculous. joke, but people took it seriously to mean that they really, he really thought that that should be the guy who take over the oh. role of Vince and Hannah. This is a fucking joke, of course. But I mean, I don't think anyone could do it. No, Shows you how that shit happens. Yeah. Oh, boy. Let's go back to the de-aging well. Uh, boy, let's see. What else did I watch? Uh, I know I watched something. Of course, I didn't write it down, Travis. But uh, you fool. Have... <laughs> what a man fool I am. Uh, I watched something that was good, but I can't remember what it is. Is this so entertaining? <laughs> yeah. Are you enjoying this? Are you, are you not uh... entertained? Are you not entertained? Uh, damn it, I watched something that I had watched like a... Oh, there it is. I got it. I wrote it down. I did write it down. Oh, really? Um, hey, guys, this is a live show, and we talk about film. So I watched Caddyshack 2. Now, Caddyshack uh. is a legendarily famous comedy from 1980, but Caddyshack 2 came out eight years later and is on that list with Bonfires of the Vanities and... Pluto Nash and all the like with some of the biggest <laughs> like disasters, bombs ever. But when I was a kid, you know, this so much of what you like is dictated about things that you have no control over. There was this VHS tape of Caddyshack 2 that somebody had made a copy of when they rented it from Blockbuster in like 1989. So I saw that movie like 50 times when I was a kid. I couldn't believe how much I knew of the film when I saw it on HBO Max. I'm like, oh my God, I know like every word of this movie. How did this happen? (laughs) And it's, um, you know, it it tries to do the same beats of the first one. You know, it, it like it's a classic. Let's do all the beats of the original, which we've seen many sequels do that and suck. And it's not great, but you know, Robert Stack replaces the bad guy as the rich asshole, and then you got Jackie Mason, who I to this day I still don't know where Jackie Mason came from. Like, where did this? He shows up in this movie, and I know that he was a comedian, but I never have seen anything of his outside of that movie. I really haven't. He plays the Rodney Dangerfield role, of the original. So. It's not good, but it was oddly comforting in that strange way of a movie that reminds you of a different time. So, okay. A ringing endorsement. I wouldn't say that. No, no. 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 Uh, yeah. pre, uh, Pre-lost-his-way Randy Quaid. He's pretty funny in it. I will say that. So, And Marshall, Warfield, Marshall Winfield's in it. Warfield or Winfield? I have no idea who that person is. You don't, know, you don't remember? Night Court? Come on. She was the bailiff. She was the big tough bailiff. She was always deadpanning everything. She was funny. Yeah, uh, Marshall Warfield. Really don't. Yeah. You don't know, come on, Eric. You don't know Night Court. I've never seen. Get the Night hell Court. out of here. Never You've never seen, seen Night Court. Shack what the movies? fuck is wrong no. with you? What am I doing? Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> Ready for that gritty Night Court reboot, though. Get I would get okay. out of here. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No jokes. And Bull's like a like a like, like he's a, a, a police. You know reality. who Bull is, but you never saw the show. I'm confused. Yeah. Oh. Come on. <laughs> you know, I know the characters. 
Oh, you're just fucking Bulls with me. Okay. Bulls like doing coke in like the bailiff's chambers or something, whatever. Really? Is that real? I don't know. I, don't know. I would like to see that. I'd like to see that. So, uh, I went back Michael and was writing it. He's, Michael, uh, yeah, Michael Mann's be, working on the script. Be a man on fire after he gets all that coke in him. Oh come on! <laughs> uh, I went back and watched uh, the roundly criticized Wonder Woman 1984, and it's still as bad as uh, it was when it Why came out. Soon? How would you? How could Dude. you get bad to it so soon? Well, I just want to make sure. It's well, it's been a little bit. It's been about a year plus now. It's been almost a year and a half. I feel like that was. 2020, I think it came out on streaming, and it's 2022 now. So Christmas Day, 2020. <sighs> <right>? Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Still laughing. About only... Richard Mall as Bull on cocaine, <laughs> editing Men on Fire before well, he's kicked of the... out of the editing suite. Oh no! Most of the cast has passed on, so no Marky Post. Uh, I don't think Harry, what's his face, is alive. He's, Harry Anderson. He's Harry Anderson. Yeah, he died passed. too. Yeah. So okay. Anyway. Sorry, guys. Yeah, just John, John, and what's her name? Marsha Warfield. Is that who? Is that the woman with the bangs in the in the eighties? Here, that's her name. That's, no, that's Marky Post. That's Marky oh, Post. That's Marky yeah. Post. Yeah. Did she passed. She passed. Yeah, she uh, died the recently seventy years old. Marky oh, Post recently. one of my all time. Yeah. Right. Such a beautiful, talented woman. God, she was. I had a major crush on Marky Post. What a Hall of Fame beauty she was. Good for you, Marky Post. Rest in power, and we miss you to this day. On the Marky Post Tribute Hour with Travis, Eric, and Michael Govier. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I watch a few other movies, but again, some of these are coming up as possibilities, and I cannot reveal them. Every time. Okay. That's how I, it works. I'm on a roll lately with that. I need to get back to watching some terrible shit or something. I don't know. Let me know. Give me some recommendations. Uh, I need Short to adjust my two. viewing habits. Short Circuit 2. It's been a long time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you brought that to the show, because I haven't seen that one in like 25, 30 years. Yeah, watch... Uh... What's Fisher Stevens shame himself? Oh, <laughs> so like from Wisconsin? Like, he, yeah, but he's playing. He's playing an Indian man named Ben. I know. It's, <laughs> oh man, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's rough. Oh, that is uh, rough shit. All right. Well, that's what we've been watching. Uh, if you guys want to share what you've been watching, got any ideas for the show? Even heck, bring them along. Cinema Nine Pod at protonmail.com. And of course, we do love those five star reviews, don't we, guys? Yeah. Don't get too excited about it. I just don't want. To, I don't want to see her and beg. You know, he's you're, not begging. You're, you're going to rate us or you're not. You know, do what you want really? in your own time. <laughs> you don't think by reminding one person it might make a difference? I think it could. You never know who you're going to reach out yeah, there. No, I, friend, I want so. people to do it. I just don't want to bombard them. You know, it's like Please! a later point. <laughs> they know what we want. Let's get the ball there. I'm working on. on my passive aggression, so I'm just going to not say anything. Oh, gonna, look, good I'm going to say you. something later off air, saltily. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit, dude. That's intense. Uh, so we did get an email, by oh, the way. That's exciting. I'm glad you check because I'm the worst. Yeah. Well, it's actually a looks like it's a request to maybe do a show. They're a TV trivia pod. So we'll have to talk about that afterwards. Uh, interesting. So we'll talk about that. But we don't have any sh direct like, hey, we were thinking about this when we watched your show emails. That's been a while. If you want to make it happen, cinnamon9pod at protonmail.com. This week's movie for our Does It Hold Up section, where we dive into a movie, we break it down in detail for a good 45 minutes or so, is 1988's Bull Durham. These are the ground rules. I hook up with one guy a season. Usually takes me a couple weeks to pick the guy. That's kind of my own spring training. And, well, you two are the most promising prospects of the season so far. So I just thought we should kind of get to know each other. Time out. Why do you get to choose? What? 
why do you get to choose? I mean, why don't I get to choose? Why doesn't he get to choose? Well, actually, nobody on this planet ever really chooses each other. I mean, it's all a question of quantum physics, molecular attraction, and timing. I mean, there are laws we don't understand that bring us together and tear us apart. I mean, it's like pheromones. You get three ants together, they can't do dick. You get 300 million of them, they can build a cathedral. <laughs> so somebody gonna go to bed with somebody or what? Honey, you are a regular nuclear meltdown. You better cool off. <laughs> Wait a minute, where are you going? After 12 years in the minor leagues, I don't try out. Besides, uh, I don't believe in quantum physics when it comes to matters of the heart. What do you believe in then? Well, I believe in the soul. The cock, the pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, that the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. Good night. Oh, my. Written and directed by a guy named Ron Shelton, who also did White Men Can't Jump. Um, Tin Angel Cup? Eek, Tin Cup? Well, like every sports movie you probably saw in a 10-year period, I think. <laughs> uh, which is odd that he was still stuck in that way, but good for him. Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, Robert Wall, uh, some guy in a goofy hat who's famous in baseball circles oh for spitting God. in the air. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, the, oh the clown prince God. of baseball? Max yes. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That guy is so annoying, but uh, we'll oh, talk about that. What about that? the was it Trey Wilson? Is that the guy that plays Trey the? Uh, can you the, the guy that plays oh from the Hot goat? Shots? Can you believe oh. that man is younger than us in that movie? That's so weird. He was he, really he, he passed away right after he did that movie at forty one. Oh, that man was younger than any of us three That's when he so did bizarre. Bull Durham, the guy that played the <laughs> fucking man, the coach. Can, I, my yeah. mind was utterly blown to come across I'm like this That's old so fuck weird. is younger than me. It's so weird. Yes, yeah, because I read uh, Kevin Costner was 33. I'm like, no, no, there's no way I'm older than Kevin Costner. There's no way. Significantly. So wow. weird. So uh, weird. Yeah, I was I was thinking of the guy who plays Jimmy. He was also in Hot Shots. He plays the guy who. It's basically the goose sub in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bill O'Leary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's funny. Uh, I didn't know that, Travis. That's interesting. Yeah, the manager is dead. And he died very young, but he is our age. Uh, Travis, yeah. he's younger than us, technically. Yes. Travis, take us back in time. Did you ever see Bull Durham? I did. This is very much one of those movies that I have little recollection of, though. I mean, I, you know, I watched it at home. We probably rented it with my mom or something, and I watched it when it came out, and I've not seen it since. So, I mean, like, I... Well, I probably saw it at least. Mom. Yeah, well, I watched movies with my family growing up. Um, what? But yeah, <laughs> I I like my family <laughs> because we watch movies. Anyways, weird. Um, I, I probably saw it another time as well, but it's it's definitely not one that I've seen many times. So it wasn't like seeing it for the first time, but it because it, I was like constantly being like, oh, I remember this, I remember this. But if you'd asked me before sitting down to like describe the movie, I would have been uh, Susan Sarandon sleeps with the people. <laughs> um, <laughs> baseball with the people. <laughs> this, yeah, the, yeah. this was definitely a movie where I, you know, was coming of age with my puberty, and I mm. used to masturbate <laughs> to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Full disclosure. 
It was like one of those early movies where I like saw a somewhat naked woman or some sexual stuff, and I was like, oh, wow, this exists in the world? This is like a Sears catalog kind of level of masturbation aid. I mean, I know. What are you you finding of of, of, of carnal? uh, I got to tell you, man. Susan Sarandon, she just had something. She's a. She's mm. a seductress in this movie, at least. She plays one, and I was impressed by it at that age. I don't find that now. I certainly, in this viewing, I will tell you freely that's over, but yeah, was time. I can't imagine watching imagine all the hormones. 20-minute-long so. sex scene right alongside my mother. <laughs> I'm not saying I watch it with my mother necessarily. It's just it's possible. <laughs> you certainly possible. said it directly, though. So it's already out there. <laughs> It's not that long. It's not that long. Come on, guys. Um, no, dude, come on. Baseball. I, I don't care about baseball, and I don't like Susan Sarandon. There's no way I watch this. You don't like Susan Sarandon? No. I didn't know this about you. I'm, hmm. I'm, I've never cared about Susan Sarandon. She's always just seemed like she's always trying to be sexy, and yet she just looks like like the principal well, at like my school or something. Sexy and Southern. Sexy and Southern. <laughs> That's her True. thing, right? I am Did sexy get- and Southern. <laughs> Did you get that vibe uh, in the Sean Penn movie where she won an Academy Award? Same one where she plays a nun. The best film that she probably did, <laughs> Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Walking, thank you. Great performance Directed by Tim Robbins, yeah. I believe. Right? Maybe Not that so. you know, yeah. There's a big, this, there's a Hollywood story related to this film. I think this relationship came out of this film. So I thought that mm. they were still together, but apparently they broke up like over over a decade ago. Really? I thought that they were like cool with it. Like they maybe weren't, they maybe saw other people, but they're like, you know, we're just kind of cool and open. You know, they, that's the vibe they, I got from them. They divorced in 2009. Okay. Well, so that's, I'll take, that's more than cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Good for you guys. If you're not yeah. happy with someone, break free. That's I'm right. All for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so this was in a VHS copy again, and it just kind of stumbled into me somewhere around 91 to 94 somewhere there and i originally saw it as a baseball movie with a lot of swearing i was like oh whoa cool yeah i was surprised a lot of yeah. fucks a lot of um, fucks. A, yeah a lot of pussies. Fuck this fucking game <laughs> yeah. kevin costner has the least convincing use of profanity of anyone in oh my god history. is he I'm mad so glad is this a this joke up. what is this i'm, I'm so, so glad you brought this up the pussy the cock <laughs> The cock, like, dude, the pussy. This is so awkward. <laughs> it did sound so. That's the I thing. completely agree with you. I've seen so many like retrospectives where like the great, the great movie speeches. I'm like, oh, that one about like, the long kisses. No, it starts with like these nasty volumes. Yeah. What is this? He believes. Yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald or believes in the cock and the pussy. He did JFK three Oswald. years later. Very right. weird. That's funny. Um, that's so funny you said that, Travis. Because when I watched this movie again for the first time in a while for this show, which yeah. we're doing right now, we I noticed when the first swear word came out of his mouth when he shows up in the office, his first scene. Right. And I was like, whoa, this is, is this bad acting? Is this so false. just not for Kevin Costner? <laughs> is it me? It's so false. He's supposed to be a vulgar veteran catcher. Imagine a guy with like more wrinkles on his face and like a little bit more of a haggard look. I know he tries to be classy. That's part of this vibe with his character too. It's like it's about image and all that shit. He's hard on that, but I agree with you. I had the exact same response. Weird. Yeah, Crash Davis is a problematic main character. Is he? Am I missing oh. something? <laughs> what am I Oh. The movie Crash? Is that what you're... Are you making a joke about Crash? No, Crash Davis, as portrayed by Kevin Costner. The actual Crash... Because Crash Davis is a real person. Um, Is it? Yeah, there was a a real Crash Davis that wasn't this Crash Davis. There was this other guy who played for Bull Durham, came back from World War II, 
and uh, was in the little leagues in Bull Durham and kind of bounced around a little bit. His name was Crash Davis, and that was <laughs> little it. Little leagues, and like he had that, and like that's that's it. And then his name got used for this character because you know you couldn't come up with a name that's not someone who was alive, I guess. And he was still alive <laughs> when this movie came out, so he was like, yeah. And he like became buddies with Ron Shelton, I guess. Wow. Uh, with the writer, I don't think Shelton wrote it, but he, he did wrote. He wrote it okay. and directed it. You're right. right. Yep. Okay, so he became buddies with with Ron Shelton after the fact. Like I'm like, why? Okay, well, like, maybe he just wanted to get buddy buddy with the real crash davis i don't know oh, oh so Ron, oh, this is quick on this point too ron shelton also did a terrible movie called Cobb, starring tommy lee jones Cobb. about yeah uh, well, ty Cobb, who actually wasn't the racist that he's been portrayed because there was this art oh, really? the story there's a quick story about this a guy named al stump wrote a book about ty Cobb in i think the 70s and it was a fucking lie the whole thing so the movie Cobb. This was found out after the fact. The movie Cobb's based on Al Stump and Ty Cobb's experience together when Stump wrote that book about him. And it turns out that Stump told, and admitted this, that he made up all this stuff about Cobb being a racist and all this exaggerated really? stuff in his life, yeah, which really? I, I lived up. Gro I grew up knowing yeah. that, oh, my, Cobb's a racist. I always knew that growing up, but it turns out. they were pulling down statues and stuff. That's the same thing with Marilyn Monroe. You ask anybody about Marilyn Monroe, and, like, the only thing they know is that she fucked JFK. It's like, yeah, well, there was one asshole who wrote one book, he, and he was mad that she wouldn't sleep with him, so he put a lie in it that people are still believing decades upon oh decades. Oh, my God. That's a good is it a lie that Ron Shelton also directed Hollywood Homicide? <laughs> with Harrison Ford? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that flopped hard. Yeah, I think his career kind of fell apart. In fact, I don't even know if Ron Shelton's still alive, frankly. Just getting um, started with Morgan Freeman, like Rene Rue's, like, oh, man. comedy. Like, oh, man. dear. He's kind of petered off. What happens with directors? They have a good run. Um, he did, he ran out of the sports to make movies about, and you know that was, <laughs> that was not that's his, it. There's, not yeah, there's only so many sports in the world. Pong, <laughs> nope, Balls of Fury. Fuck, I'm out. <laughs> that is funny. By the way, Ron Sheldon is still alive. He was born in 1945, just for clarity's sake. Right. So he plays yeah. for the Baltimore Orioles in uh, in, like as a as a kid. Mike, is this true? Wow, I didn't know that either. You guys are really blowing my mind with this incredible yeah, knowledge. Yeah. I didn't know there was a real Crash Davis, and I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I read well, the Wikipedia article. <laughs> I read a couple That's articles, impressive. but they said he was like at a like I don't I don't even, I don't even know what my minor league baseball is, but they said like he was on like some baseball farm or something for the Orioles. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know anything I, about sports. I'm Do you guys know Go ahead, what sorry. that is? What, Do you know minor what minor league baseball is, Travis? Yes, no. I know what minor league is. What I didn't know is that people gave a shit about it. I thought this was something that just like the <laughs> players' families showed up for. I'm like, what? <laughs> why? Why do these people give a fuck? Yeah, like, like Lansing <laughs> lug nuts. That's all I know. Money for this? <laughs> yep. That's it. That's so funny. Oh my god! I was watching this movie and I was thinking about the both of you. I'm like, oh my god! There's like even the opening. There's all these baseball photos of people, yeah. and it's like the greats. I saw Pete Rose. Okay, you got Pete Rose. Did you get anything else from that? Um, you got saw, Babe Ruth, maybe. Babe Ruth. There was a black person in that mix, as we wow. heard. Wow. It was oh. all these white bodies with this black voice going over it. Then there's one black person, and there's one black person with a speaking part in the whole movie. Like, That's yeah, funny. Okay, it's funny because right, I actually, possible, I actually did watch a documentary on Kurt Flood a few days ago before oh. <laughs> I watched this. So, yeah, uh, That's is, useful. Like, what like what is is it a big deal? Like what I always, I'm the same way. I thought it was literally like sponsored by like the local grocery store and like it no is. One I mean. 
It still is, but it's more than... I've never... This is so funny. This is the funniest thing I've heard in a while. There's more than the family members. It is in these regional places. <laughs> are there like, fucking uh, groupies? Are there groupies for these things? Groupies. I bet, groupies. I bet there are. Yeah, that's actually not that ridiculous. There's people who... Because some of these guys are passing through. That, so the idea of Nuke Lelouch, played by Tim Robbins, is... This? is that's a real deal. Like a guy who gets a big contract and he has to start in the minor leagues before he gets to the majors. And yeah, so all this stuff is, movies. yeah, I mean, he's pretty I mean, formulaic and typical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's Eric and I are obviously not the experts on the sports. That's, that's your thing. <laughs> right. That's um, fine. But I've seen enough movies. I know what the show is. You know, I know, how, I know, how it works. I know, you know that. Yeah. Can, I've seen you know baseball baseball can you many, not many times? Do you have to be able to pitch to even get into this league? Like, what is this play? Like, <laughs> like, he can't play, and he's like really dumb. Like, what is it's it? So How over is the he top. even in it's this? So, let alone getting drafted into the major league. <laughs> it's over the top. This is where it starts, Eric. So the farm system is what they call minor league baseball, and then mm. that's what. And these are big deals in these local towns where there aren't major league teams, like like West Virginia, like uh, Iowa. States. You know, these are it's all they got. Yeah, well, that but that's all they got. Even in their states, There's, some states have zero major league like franchises for football, baseball, basketball, whatever. So. It, the, I would think it's authentic, and I would say it's fair that how the movie represents this local team as being like everyone's into it. That that does exist. Like you could actually get in the biggest minor league stadiums, ten thousand people show up to games. That would happen. So, just for realities. What, uh, what about the critics? Uh, yeah, what did the critics say? Well, uh, <laughs> oh what's the rating on this movie? Because I did not look it up. I'm dying to know. I did. So. I didn't look it up. My guess is that I mean I know this is a highly beloved movie. I mean like this is. I mean, for for men of a certain age, male fantasy, the movie, is quite... Uh, uh, they have a real strong affection for this movie about baseball Damn. and the women who fuck people who play baseball. Oh. Um, <laughs> there, it is. there it is. I'm going to say it's an eight. I think people love it. I'm going to say it's an eight. Although the movie does start off with her being a very strong woman character. Take responsibility for your own actions. That's right. Uh, okay, yeah. Right, yeah. We can argue about that. Mm. I'm going to say, yeah, people love this movie, especially baseball people and you're right, dudes. And anybody who lived during this age and maybe after the fact when they got to know the game of baseball, they're like, oh, wow, this movie's amazing and it's pretty authentic. So I'll say it's a 7.4. Yeah, 7.0. Oh, oh okay. All right. That's, All right. That is lower than I would have guessed. I mean, this is I mean, this is in a lot of people's top lists for years, but maybe it doesn't have quite the draw that it did in the 90s and 2000s or something. Yeah, the panache. Yeah, that's true. For years, uh, people talked about it all the time, but less and less do you hear about it. Right. Yeah, it has subsided a bit. That's fair. So that would maybe have to do with today's modern culture. Uh, critics gave it a 97. Another movie. That's back-to-back weeks, by the way. Literally 97 scores. So that's impressive. Odd. And it's wow. impressive as well, as well being odd. 82% for the odd. audience. That is odd. 82%, 97. So a slight variation from the critics and the audience it as far as what... Vicious. Yeah, that's, I'll tell you what. The critics had plenty to say about this, and we're hoping to hear from Dustin Thompson in this one. A little but, early, I think, for him. Yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe watch it after the fact. Who can maybe, say about maybe. these things? We, can hope. we got Carrie Rickey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. She watched it in 2013 and oh. just decided to comment on it. <laughs> Screwball Annie <laughs> and Hardball Crash aren't playing the same game, which is Shelton's conceit as well as a possible screenwriting miscalculation. Three out of four stars. I'm very this is why we like Justin Thompson. I mean, he's you know his his bites are like uh, palatable. They his make brevity. Sense. 
yes. right, his, his concision. So um, valuable. Yeah. Uh, that cuz that I guess she had some complaints but I feel like I need to read the whole uh the whole review to make sense of how she really felt. Three out of four though is like she thought I was okay. She gave it a C. It's a red tomato, Annie. no doubt about it. Screwball. Yeah, there was always hot cock Annie the frogs. That's a classic tune, by the way. Oh, classic. the frogs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. Piece of pheasant. <laughs> Believe it or not, Gene Siskel was in his prime when this movie came out. Mm. Gene Siskel oh, said Gene. this. Oh, Gene. Ebes and Gene. The acting in Bull Durham cannot be faulted. Really? Okay. And Fuck should be this fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> The cock. The and pussy. Should, <laughs> it should be remembered. Wow. Oh, well, let me read this again. The acting in Paul Durham cannot be faulted and should be remembered at Oscar time. Sarandon has one of the juiciest female roles in years, and she makes you think no one could play it better. Oh, I actually agree with that part, but not the first part. Wow. Okay. I can't imagine anyone from the time playing this as well as her. Maybe Ellen Barkin. I could see Ooh, that. Good call. Call. Actually yeah. sexy and funny. <laughs> oh man. She's great. Ellen Barkin's great. But this this was this was this was a breakthrough role for Susan. It mm. was. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ellen Barkin's been reduced to being a witness in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. She, true. Seems, I saw that she deserves more than that. She's so. propped up in some other stuff recently. I feel like I saw her in a couple things. She's kinda of, she's working still. I saw her in the Third Oceans Eyes thing like 10 up. years ago, 13 years ago. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, no goody coons. I'm not seeing any Destin Thompson. We got Ebes again, so we're doing Ebes. At- oh, Eves. we do have a Destin coming up. Stand by. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. 1988, is- reporting from his fifth grade <laughs> yearbook <laughs> editorial page. Precocious Destin Thompson scrawling in his notebook a review for Bulldorum. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Roger Ebert said, Bull Durham is a treasure of a movie because it knows so much about baseball and so little about love. Okay. Okay. Desmond Thompson. Desmond Thompson wrote this. Now, this means that maybe whenever Desmond Thompson broke into the critical game, which do we know exactly when he very first came into the game? Do we know this? I don't think we know this. I believe it's the late 90s. 90s? Okay, good. Well, that would make a lot of sense because the date on this is January 1, 2000, which is the earliest date you'll ever see on these because that's when the website started, I think, which I don't get why that is, but... Possible. Whatever. Destin Thompson said, writer-director Ron Shelton lobs juicy lines to players Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, and Tim Robbins, and they all hit home. Okay, there is. I, I think that there is the, one of the strongest things about this movie for me was intermittent dialogue, not, which is to say, not all the dialogue. Some of it I think falls very flat, but I think there's some real gems. There's some great gems in this for sure. Oh, so there's a couple lines you enjoyed. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. There are things about this movie I enjoyed. Absolutely. Okay, so <laughs> we haven't we talked about. Sarandon. We've talked about Costner. How about Tim Robbins in this role? I think he does a splendid job as a innocent youngster who's gifted with a lot of talent, who just is oblivious because he's also been handed a lot of things on a silver platter in a way. And I think he does a I really enjoy him in this role. It's it's not the most important character by any means, but he's really important to the overall story. I think he plays it well. I think that uh, you know he was twenty nine or thirty or so when he filmed this, so he's it's, oh really it's, he was really close in age to Kevin Costner, but he's playing it much much younger while Costner seems to be playing a little bit older. And yeah, he definitely you know 
was it million dollar arm and a five cent head? He he yeah. he convinces me that he that he does that. Um, uh, what what is, what is his line? A totally awesome or totally tubular in a rag kind of way. <laughs> yeah, it's really out there, man. It's out there. Out there. It's out there. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's a he's a goof, my goof. He's a goof. It's like it's like if Happy Gilmore was written into like I don't know, like Body Heat or Nine and a Half Weeks. It's like <laughs> such a bizarre character tossed into this. That's the thing. Like it's like. It's not even like a romantic comedy because it's not romantic. It's sexy. A hard ass. But like, and then like Goof, Goof Robbins pops in. It's like very <laughs> Goof odd screenplay, which was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, but it's, it's, it's a very odd script. And Tim Robbins. Was nominated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Tim Robbins does good things with it with the, the character he's given. I'd be curious to see how much he added and how yeah. much was Ronnie Shelton. Uh, but yeah. I got no problems with that performance. It's so funny to me that S- Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins ended up together, uh, like making this. Because watching the movie, I'm like, I don't buy these two together at all. I'm like, but of course, they're just you know, the characters they're playing, not the human beings that they are. But also, yeah. you know, like looking behind Mike, if you're if you're watching this live on YouTube or later on YouTube, I guess the the, the poster for this movie is Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Uh, draped like a mink around uh, around Kevin Costner, so it really kind of sucks any drama out of that. Uh, you know the tr- love triangle that they have because you're like, well, I know that they end up together because you know that that's the picture I've seen associated with this movie a million times is them two together, not the three of them together. It's true. I mean, minor complaint. I don't think they're really the, trying the to. Fault. Yeah, like it's not a priority for them. I, I, I. So I want to go back to it. I really do think that this is a great character for the time, especially in 1988. Susan Sarandon's character, Annie, she is an independent character. You called it out earlier saying that the players that fuck them, I think somebody said something about that, a movie about the baseball players and the women that fuck them. Would someone that say is, that? Um, that is exactly what the movie starts off. She says, uh, you know, two things that are never boring are sex and baseball, which is funny. Um, yeah. And then she talks, and then she explains that every season she fucks one of them for a while. Right. 142 games, and they get a lifetime of success. They have the best season of their lives. And that's like, that's, she's like this baseball muse, but she does it with her body. And there's this other. No. Uh, See, that's where I disagree. Okay. Well, you're right. She, she does, you're right to disagree because she offers all kinds of tips to both Crash and Nuke. And some of it's fucking flaming bullshit, but some of it is legitimate. (laughs) Um, A lot of it. Reads Walt Whitman to uh, Nuke tied up. I mean, hell, you get the. She's also this whole concept. This is why I guess I like the character a lot is it's not wrapped up in these religious things. She rejects Judeo-Christian ethics in the thought process. I love that. I thought that was great. (laughs) There was like, this woman is into metaphysics and all this stuff. And I was, I'm like, okay, this is refreshing. This is a little bit different for, especially for its time. I felt like I know it's 30 plus years ago. You're right for its time. But to counter that, we do have like the Christian dude who ends up marrying the other group, baseball groupie and Lily. Yeah. uh, You know, like, uh, like taming her, and and then you know at the end of the movie, like <laughs> she, she, her, um, Annie and and Crash end up together too, and she's like out of that lifestyle now. So like we're present, you know. So like I get what you're saying, but there's also some some kind of mm, you know gender conforming stuff that's happening in here. But at the same time, 
one of the things that really threw me for a loop at the end of the movie is when um to get to the end of the movie early is when we see the switch that you know she's tied up to the bedpost instead instead of where nuke where she had tied nuke uh to the bedpost crash ties her to the bedpost i'm like oh yep reconfirming and then you get to the to the end of her feet and he's painting her toenails i'm like okay that's actually really awesome so it's, it's not as cut and dried as i want it as, as i'm kind of presenting it to be i think that there yeah. is some kind of like let's uh, some male fantasy shit that's happening here but i agree i think that there is some some rich stuff happening with this character it's not black and white and that she does have some some real nuance to her that is unexpected for 1988 i think that's well said everything you said there i'm i, I can get on board with all that all right Eric, you've been quiet. Time to say something. I better Go ahead. Let it, it out, man. I know you're Let's pissed. Move on to the next subject. Come on. You're pissed. Let it you out. Don't, you don't like Susan Sarandon in this. You already said you don't like Susan Sarandon. I can picture her, like Gloria Steinem smashing her head against their theater seat. Like we, like the first, like the time she meets these two guys, they're both just like openly talking about which one's going to be able to fuck her before she hardly says anything. It's like, like I don't understand this. Uh, That's what athletes do. Let's not bullshit. Let's not live in a fantasy world either. These athletes, whether that, it's cool like, or how, not, how, they're allowed like how, this lifestyle. I don't understand Sucks. how this is empowering, like, or or is it? Like, is this empowering women because she's choosing who she's going to randomly sleep with, use, and, like, manipulate for this entire season? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't really the get this in, character's motivation. It's not interested. It's not, the movie's not interested in doing that, is it? It's not, it's not mean, like... What is it's she? Not. What is her motivation here? She. It's, she says baseball's a religion to her. It's right. a religion. She's replaced everything else. She tried it all. This is the one. She lights candles with around baseball gloves and a bunch of baseball paraphernalia. Fucking so. organ doing the church music. <laughs> oh, a lot <laughs> of that in this so movie. Tons of organ in this like, film. So we like Oof. this Annie Savoy character because she fucks someone she doesn't really respect that much while while uh, also... she didn't say that she didn't say that she no, said he's inexperienced like he's in she admits hey he's when her and crash are doing that batting practice scene at the batting cages he's like what do you see in this guy and everything he says she counters with well he's inexperienced he doesn't know any better yet it doesn't mean he's a moron and and i actually that ran this true to like me a, I'm like okay that's reasonable this is like how why i dislike splash because he takes advantage of a, a woman who's literally a fish out of water just because she's fucking hot I see this woman as taking taking advantage of peoples to get what she wants out of their bodies, and it's ugly to me. I don't get why this is supposed to be like so, like uh, what, I mean, whatever. She, like it, it's just it's yucky to me. I, I don't get this. Oh well, I, I think that like sex outside of marriage is okay, so I don't have a problem. <laughs> me neither. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you using people. But she's giving something sex. back to them. Uh, she tell, I mean, she's very upfront about it. She lets them know that this is how it goes. I'm, we're we're going to break up at the end of the season. And when her and Tim Robbins, like, he doesn't even get mad that they don't bone one last time. He just hugs her because this is the end, and he knows it. And that's always yeah. been the arrangement, which that's consent, baby. That's that's upfront. That's, that's talk, you know, I'm on board with that. That's um, minor league baseball. You come and you go. She's seen them every season. That. They all get the deal at the end. Maybe not initially, but at the end, I think it's all understood by all parties. And she does give something back to them and that they all walk away. Because, I mean, 
again, I'm not 100% crazy about the character. I'm not. I, I think that there's a lot of ways that she's mishandled, and I've already kind of addressed that. But I do think that she knows a thing or two about baseball, clearly, and she's able to give them tips. I don't like the fucking chakra shit and you're breathing through your eyelids shit. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> but, but she's able to give practical advice to all of them um, and, and, and kind of make them uh learn to trust you know their instincts and trust their own talents so that's I, I i disagree that she's like some sort of user um i think that's probably going both ways she's like a, more like i guess more like a conduit for their success i guess right yeah well, yeah I, I that's one of the problems I, I do have with her like we get this little glimpse that she's a a, 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 a adjunct professor at a community college and like okay but like clearly her life is uh, is about others it's all about yes. others and like baseball. Well, that's why when her and Crash end up together, that Crash is at the end of his career. He knows it, and maybe she's at the end of this thing she's been doing. Some of the things that Crash says about her maybe are true that she she does avoid more meaningful, deeper connections because it's easier to do this stuff. Stray yeah. dogs and strays and shit, people that need to be uh, tamed or to be provided shelter and all that shit. But we're, we're talking about that a lot. What is this movie funny at all? Not particularly. So it's to, to, to invade on the silence. Um, there we I mean, go. Like, I'm watching the movie like when he does the whole um, rain delay thing, and they like spray the 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 you know the the and they're like playing in the mud. I'm like I'm I think I'm supposed to be like really into this, <laughs> like and be like oh look at them they're rapscallions. But I'm just like eh, grown man in the mud. That would hurt. What are you doing? <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> Slip and slide hijinks. Right. Yeah, uh, bizarre. So I, I didn't I didn't laugh that much at the movie no i don't think there's a lot of clever moments but i don't know mike like do you have to like really like like the term like the nomenclature and like the like the bullpen like the guys like like the um what do they call lollygag and all that stuff like do you really have to like this like locker room like grab assing to like be laughing (laughs) or what is this yeah i wondered do you have to know certain things about baseball to find it funnier or not and Mm. some of the stuff is really you know, the term inside baseball comes from that. And I think upon watching it this time, I do realize if you don't know certain things, it's not going to be known to you what's so unique or funny or clever about certain things. I think that's fair to say. Like, you know, the whole, it's not even funny anymore. The whole thing about having to talk in cliches was being a universal thing for all athletes. Yeah, I got and that. When, this wasn't yeah, I mean, that's, that's not funny. Um, there's you know the thing when when Prash talks about being in the show for 21 days all that stuff generally is true I mean and it's not funny but it's told in a way where you're like wow I could see why people yearn for it so much and they want it but when you look around and you watch this movie I think one of the funny parts is the mound visit where they start talking about the wedding yeah, gifts funny. Yeah, I thought that was funny, funny probably but the funniest part probably the funniest part of the movie it just wasn't as funny to me this time either. I, I agree with you guys. And there's some cool moments and shots like when they first meet and he throws that baseball by his head and he doesn't flinch. Yeah. I love that. You know you're not going to get hit because it's acting, but still, he doesn't even move. And I'm like, that's couldn't, a cool shot. Couldn't hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat. It's a great line. That's right. Oh, meet. Yeah. meet. Yeah, there, yeah, so I was entertained throughout, but I wasn't like laughing at it. But I, but yeah. not in a bad way. I mean, I was, I mean, I was amused. I just wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> In case you didn't know what laughing is that you? Yeah, like. that's you, right? <laughs> I laughed when uh, um, Crash was yelling at that umpire. And I, that's the thing. I think there's circumstantial laughs in here. 
but like the jokes seem very dated. In fact, the whole yeah. movie kind of seems dated because Ron, Ron Shelton writes this based on his experience uh, at this Orioles farm. In the 60s. We do have yeah. like this old, we have like this doo-wop soundtrack. Old we've got like these kind of like categorically dated costumes and stuff, especially yeah. with like Annie. She's dressed like fucking Betty Davis. Right. Like it, it feels <laughs> very, very dated. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, you're right about that. Some of the best parts of the movie that are funny to me are the ones that actually happen on the field when Crash has that monologue going through his head and he's trying to hit. And I do like some of that those. stuff. I like that, those that was like monologues. Those were cool. Yeah. That was well done. That's a, that would mm-hmm. be that's like wow. That's probably what would happen. So maybe in some respects, I see this movie as an authentic experience to a certain expense, but a dated one now because even these minor league systems have shrunk and been reduced, and um, there's just things that have changed. But it's minor details. As an entertainment piece, I wonder what Kurt Russell would have been like if he had gotten this role instead yeah. of Kevin Costner. And those fucks and all that stuff may have come across a lot more direct and meaningful and like oh I, I find that believable but, i mean kurt russell can swear we know that he can yes, spit he can. out a swear word that's yeah, convincing old jack burton could swear the best of him no doubt have about you guys, it any, have you guys any, watched yellowstone i mean i understand there's a lot of profanity in this I'm, and i'm watching kevin Cos- again to get on this but i'm watching kevin costner in this movie i'm like does he swear in yellowstone because people <laughs> like yellowstone Could, do they believe that he's, that he's swearing or he's a lot older like too and he looks yeah. more grizzled he's got, even he's starting to get older now maybe it looks a little bit more real now because he's so much older i don't know yeah, i've never seen it i've uh, seen a few episodes and i was liking what i'm seeing it's taylor sheridan so mm-hmm, you know yeah. you're gonna have great it's dialogue great. in there and costner can deliver great dialogue but someone like kurt russell he can be a prick like Jack Burton and still be like super fun to watch and enjoyable. Like <laughs> Crash Davis, like from minute one to the closing of the film, just seemed like a dickhead to me. Like, like I was like, this is probably why I don't like sports and I don't connect with a lot of athletes because this guy just seems like a fucking self-serving jerk. The ball boy comes up to him and says, you know, hit hit one. Crash <laughs> yeah. yeah. is like, shut up. Yeah, I'm like, like oh, is this part of an arc? Like, is he going to gain like uh, some respect for this uh, uh, his passion that American? past that no it's kind of like that's him you gotta like it yeah it's kind of self-serving Fuck i mean you. he goes he he gets fired so he goes back and goes and joins another team until he gets his uh home yeah. run and then leaves that team high and dry <laughs> like, uh, okay but i mean I, maybe that's part of the baseball scene too right is that this totally is, is. ego driven you know why like, is, it, it is this authentic like why is this authentic baseball movie like what's what's going because. on here that i haven't seen in major league or uh the natural or well the natural is uh, not authentic at all it's just a f- more enjoyable it's entertaining right maybe right to so you. what we is haven't this done that doing movie, i don't know like what's going on here like is this how it really is in baseball and why it was at a time yeah in the minor leagues yeah the the nuke loose character they're given the keys of the kingdom and because the, they want them to succeed if they're the highest of the highest athlete and they want everyone else to sacrifice at the altar of that person and and the kevin costner the crash davis character who gets 21 days in the big leagues the rest of his career he wishes he was quite good enough it's baseball is littered with these guys who are all very very talented but to be in the show they're often called quad A guys because triple A is the highest point of the minor league. There's a lot of guys who are, they could be okay or like average in the major leagues, but they don't quite have enough to get there. And they're stuck in this world and everybody wants that. And they don't get paid shit. Like major league players get paid for real, but everybody else in the minor league system gets shit on and their lives are hard. And actually this is totally random, but it's actually happened today. There's, 
I was talking to a friend of mine because he works in that realm, and he, there's this thing called Adopt a Minor Leaguer where they're they're so screwed over. They not even provided like basic food or enough money to even eat for a week today. So that's Good a fact. Job. <laughs> that's a problem. They don't have time, right? Yeah. So it's it, it's like uh, yeah. all those the guy who gets cut in the end of the era for people and the way that Crash Davis responds when he's supposed to play in this shithole Carolina League too, and he says I quit, and then comes back in a second later. And those two other guys, the coach and Robert Wool, they don't move at all because they know this is how everyone responds. You, you get pissed about where you are, but it's still better than working at Sears. So Which, that, that is, is authentic. It's depressing. It's, it's depressing to, like to think like this is a whole realm where if you're good you're you've got to be great or else you're stuck there yes and um that, yeah, there's a chattel like aspect to it like uh, you're not, let's not just well, throw that away well around. you're not you're not human like uh, you're not really thought of as a human being you're yeah, thought of as a product with an end result so when you, slavery no not you, slavery but like animals like animals coming in did i say chattel or cattle you said I didn't mean chattel. you did not say cattle. oh my god i'm so sorry no, i meant cattle <laughs> i meant cattle I mean, okay. like you, you're right. coming through and you go. It's like, what next up? It's just this farm system of endless people who are looked at for their services, not for who they are as human beings, because they don't give a fuck about that. And that is very much a real and harsh aspect. Unfortunately, that's always been the case with professional sports as a whole. What do you do for me? You suck now. Bye bye. <laughs> well, Annie seemed to see them as people, which I guess is one of the reasons why she's there. Uh, and, you know, in our in our movie, Um I, I I am interested in the in the way that like um Crash talks to her and how sometimes it's like this this forceful kind of like truth that she's clearly not been wanting to address. I think Sarandon does a great job of like showing us when those words are hitting her. Like you can see it in her face. That's it, you know it's not exactly hurting her feelings, it's just reverberating. Mm-hmm. But then there are also times where I'm like he's such a confusing dick. Like she asked him to dance and he's like, no. Then he's like, yes, I do want to dance, which they do a good job of like coming back to the dance and making that like a thing. Cause by the end of the movie, they're dancing together and that's how the, the movie you know ends up. So like they, they, they do a, a, a nice book ending with that, but like he, it, it is kind of like, okay, he, he's the one guy that comes along. That's not throwing himself at her. That's not impressed by her big words. And so she's into him and it's like, okay, that's always a little like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's also <laughs> sending a message to her that says, I want to fuck you sometime. Like, yes, it's not yeah. exactly like, a, like a sweet courting. <laughs> and this, because you're right. This is, this is, there's some romantic elements here, but it's not exactly the tr- a traditional romance by any stretch, which is maybe part of its charm that it, it, I agree. it that's how I see it. it yeah, I'm with you that there. trend. It's, I'm not it, that you're, you agree with it. No, no, I mean, you, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I think that's a strength that it, that it, 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 it this isn't, you know, um, predictable. Is, right. Other than Annie and him getting together, that's extremely uh-huh. But, yeah. um, you know, when, like when he leaves at the end of the movie and leaves her a note and, and an apple and stuff, I'm like, well, fuck, I didn't see that coming. You know, and, like, there is some stuff that, like, uh, surprises me in this movie, which is surprising. I, I don't I like tropes, as you know, so I like that. I was very surprised by the fact that, like, the catcher also can, like, go up to bat. This is how little <laughs> I know about baseball. I thought the catcher just caught, and he had that, like, face mask on. That's all he did. <laughs> you caught it. Now get back in your fucking hole. That's Wait, right. That's yeah. exactly what I thought. 
Yeah, um, this is so funny. But wow. like, okay. like the the catcher being the mentor to a pitcher, like he's not a legendary pitcher, is he? Like, what, what, oh, this is the is this established. Yeah, this is a relationship between a, the catcher and the pitcher because they throw to each other the most. Obviously, he catches the pitcher. The battery. They, it's the battery. Yes, that's right. Very good, Travis. Look at battery. you, my man. Good, good battery. And, yeah, they're the battery, and so and in fact, uh, another random factoid is that most catchers are a lot of a lot of managers. Yeah, it was a good movie. A lot of managers uh, end up being former catchers. They seem as the most cerebral, the most uh, aware, because they have so much to be thinking about in the game, too. Just You're a watching so, more than everybody else. That makes sense. Yeah, no, exactly. In, yeah. Indulge me here, because we rarely get to talk sports on this podcast. Like, <laughs> when the true. catcher suggests, <laughs> like, with, like, one, two, or three, like, what the pitcher should do, like, what is it? Like, what, what, what does he see that the pitcher can't see? It's his own experience and opinion. It's all situational based on the count and how many balls and strikes there are and how many runs they're down or if they're up or not. And then that he makes the choice is offering him one, two, or three, which are usually three different pitches. And the fact that they argue about it is probably – that's just ego-driven by Crash Davis's character because he wants to teach this kid a lesson. So when he tells the – he's like, all right, I want to pronounce my presence with authority. And he throws the fastball and the Kevin Costner's character, Crash, tells every, the guy. Every, every time I've seen a baseball movie, the catcher's like, one. The pitcher's like, no, no, no. <laughs> one. No, 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 no. You fuck. That does seem to be um, like the whole thing about the movie is maturing nuke means like submit. Submit to authority. Ah, submit to what yeah. whoever's telling you. Whatever bullshit it is, Submit. Uh, Don't tell the truth. That. Talking cliches. Exactly. Right. You're yeah. right. But it's yeah, still let's... very dated. Hit on the reporter. You're canceled, bro. You can't do that nowadays. Like even his big speech at the end. Like that, that wouldn't be the, the advice. That's fair. Yes, you're I'm right. sure that there's no reporters that ever get hit on in sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would never happen. No workplace romances anymore. Not that they're actual workplaces, but no. I mean, you spend, if yeah. you're on the road with a team all year long and you get to know somebody, something could happen. I'm not condoning hey. it or not, but we also get hardcore about that shit. So. Speaking of, how about, how about the road game montage? Hey, it's, yeah. a, it's a baseball movie, but I have a road game montage in there. <laughs> you're damn right there is. You got yeah, life on the road, games. on the bus. It's all good. He's got the Iron Maiden shirt on, too. That was cool. Yeah, so. that's surprising. Did uh, this yeah, spawn more baseball movies? I remember, like, Eight Man Out. Uh, well... The next year, Costner had Field of Dreams, of course, yeah, and Major League came out the next year. Ron Shelton came right back the next year. So, Mr. Baseball maybe. was ninety-one, I think. That's true. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, what else? There was wasn't. There? I mean, but you'd already see, you'd seen the Rookie Natural the in eighty-four year? and Bull of Durham in eighty-eight. So I don't know if those probably it's probably the case there. Dude, I'm up for that. love of the game fan. I've seen that a few times. Oh God, let's not even talk about what? that because I'm just gonna get Why pissed not? about good. that. Good. So. Oh my God, please don't bring Sam this. Raimi? Don't bring that one in. Yeah, please. Why? Don't. That was Raimi. Man, he does. Yeah, it was Sam Raimi. Raimi. Yeah, that's why much, the Detroit Tiger Black, connection. How much black blood is in that movie? Is there is there <laughs> black blood thrown all over women? Yeah, yeah there's one scene where every woman in the crowd is, is covered <laughs> yeah. in black blood. Yep, the crowd becomes deadites and they destroy Tiger Stadium. <laughs> oh, oh, it is a Sam Raimi movie. Oh, I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, okay, anything else here? Uh, Fucking clown! About fucking clown. That guy is a real guy, by the way. Like they brought him. Does he he hang out at minor league? I thought he was a major league guy. Yeah, he was. He's not their thing. He's a baseball thing at major league level too. And he was like famous. I don't get it. Which I didn't like because I'm like I'm I'm like I know fuck all about baseball, but I know who the crown prince of baseball is. So I'm like this guy wouldn't be running around with all them. He'd be 
hobnobbing with the big wigs. Like this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the big wigs, you're, Travis, name five professional baseball teams right now. Teams: the <laughs> Orioles, the Tigers, the yes. Nationals, the yeah. Yankees, wow. and wow. the Oakland A's. Oh, well, look at this fucking okay. guy. How about guy? That? Yeah, Name one player. That's amazing. <laughs> Name five baseball players. Yo, you, know, you know things about history? Tell me all the history. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, that, he was. He bounced around like all baseball stuff. So, you know, I think he was definitely big in the minor leagues too, though. So, like, it just, oh, he could have okay. been anywhere. So, right. but either way, like. That that guy is annoying. Uh, I'm glad he had a fun life, but I just don't find spitting water in the air to be entertaining. <laughs> That's just me. I mean. Yeah. I'll tell you what. You know? There was a line, you know, speaking of some gems in here, uh, a line that I actually really liked came at the end, or maybe I guess twice, which was uh, it's a very simple game. You throw the ball. You catch the ball. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes it rains. And, like, that actually, I thought that was you know, you can apply that to life. And the whole sometimes it rains thing, I really like that they, you know, she goes, Annie goes to the park and gets rained out. She's, like, disappointed that she has to, like, leave the game. The game's not happening. But then, like, she goes home, and there is is crash waiting for her. So just because it rains doesn't mean that's a bad thing, as we see that also earlier in the film, the, the part that I alluded to when they actually wanted it to get rained out so they could skip and have a day off, yeah. you know? So it's like, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes there's this other thing that you don't know how it's going to treat you. And I thought, that, you know, there's some wisdom in that really simple line about baseball. And that's one of the things that I do appreciate about the great American pastime, which is there is some, um, I think that there is some profound simplicity to it. Yeah, a lot of racism too, but yeah, you're right. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. there is, again, just the one black guy that speaks in the whole fucking movie. And yeah, then and then yeah. and then and then Crash gives him a hard time for getting mad for smashing up his place. He like laughs at him. He's like, "Hey, that's my stuff. You're breaking my things." And Crash laughs at him. I'm like, "Well, that's our hero." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, can't help you there. All right. Well then, let's close it out. It's time to say, does this movie hold up or not? Any volunteers to go first? Should I go first? What do you want to do here? Why don't you go first? Okay, I'll go first. I'm just still trying to block out these goddamn stupid ads. These spam people, they won't go away in our comments. Sorry about these. I try to block them, and they won't be blocked anymore. They've become self-aware. It's bad news. Look, um, this movie's a big deal. People who know baseball and sports thought it was very authentic and a representation of a time and a place, and it is. And, you know, it's just not... Um, the Kevin Costner bit, it's just not as quality to me anymore and I've often wrestled with the fact of Kevin Costner is this guy a good actor or not and you know in Dances with Wolves yeah, I thought he was I thought he did a good job it, it depends on the film it's and you know he has an eye because he directed that movie too and he but then he direct he didn't he direct the postman as well he I did. mean like oh yeah I mean good god this guy is all over the place and I guess that's kind of what you get with this movie is I love the Annie character and she, you know not nobody's Nobody's supposed to be straightforward. All these characters have different aspects of their lives that they're proud of, they're ashamed of, confused about, uncertain. Everybody's progressing through a, a lifespan, and they're at different phases, and some are more aligned than others. So you have Nukes, an immature kid, and that's natural, but he's always going to have... He's just going to be an even bigger dick down the road. If there was a follow-up movie to this, the guy, Nuke and the Majors, he'd just be a bigger asshole because he's getting more and more served up to him, and it would not be enjoyable at all. I appreciate that he's an innocent kid and tim robbins does a good job of that representing a guy who has a lot to 
be grateful for, but he doesn't know that yet because he doesn't know what it means to be grateful and to lose stuff over time. He doesn't have that yet. That's part of maturity. So I dig that. And I like the I like the cozy local town feel of this movie. They do a good job of creating that environment. And it's not funny though. Like like I agree with you guys. Did not laugh that much. And I guess in the end, this is a tough one. I, I'm going to say this movie holds up because it's still, I still watched it straight through, no skips or anything. It was entertained. And uh, I I really do think more than you guys, we talked about it, it's okay, that the Annie character is a is a unique and, and special character that should be looked upon with favor. And I'm always going to look upon that, especially as more time passes. So I think that alone is enough for me to say this movie holds up. Yeah, um, a big deal, man. That seven point zero even surprised me. Um, I am wondering if this like the is this like the last is this the baseball movie that set it all? Like I'm trying to think of like what some subsequent efforts Field, were here Field in of terms dreams. of this industry. Well, that was like that was like fantasy. I'm like talking about actually authentic baseball films about this sport and this industry. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. For me, like. Um, and I like Ronnie Shelton, man. God bless him. The writing's just weird for me. I don't like this lead character. I don't like. I think. I'm sorry, dude. I respect the hell out of you, Mike. I just think this <laughs> Annie character is too like sexually quixotic for me in negative ways. I guess like that's all I can say. Um, and it's just that laughs aren't there for me, dude. And uh, I can't. I can't say it holds up because I don't get anything from it. There's a lot of movies about sports out there that. I can take a lot from. I can learn a lot from. Uh, this isn't one of them. If you were to ask me, like what what the what the uh, th- the themes are, I don't know. Um, s- squeeze everything you can out of other people to reach the top, or at least be content <laughs> with your life. I just don't know, man. It doesn't hold up for me. I did not enjoy myself. I couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> that's a all right. That's a all no, right. no no punches pulled. Um, so, I love it. Yeah, no, I love it too. I d- don't feel bad later, Eric. Please. We know how you can do sometimes. Um, I respect that nine minutes and 30 sec- 33 seconds into this film, Kevin Costner walks in right at the, the le- you know, he's your hook right at the end. Hey, we're going to introduce your, your main character now. Um, so there are some, again, like some things that throw me for a few loops in an otherwise extremely conventional film. Um, I do think that Annie is annoying most more than anything else. I find her pretty annoying as a character. Just the, the, the mess of bullshit coming out of her mouth is the, the pseudo fucking intellectual nonsense that she doesn't know. And she knows she's dazzling people with her bullshit. And which is why when, you know, when crash cuts right through it, it, it shocks and appeals to her because this is someone who's not impressed by her you know her her, her lexicon so i i found you know to the point where i was almost tuning her out and then at the very end of the movie she has this line where she says the world is made for people who aren't cursed with self-awareness boom like fuck that kind of stuff just gets thrown out here and there throughout the movie where there's like I, again, just like just a field of bullshit. Who cares about? It. Then there's like this one big flower, and I'm like, damn, that's a 
great line and a great observation. And it, and it, it shows like why, you know, Annie and uh, Crash, like they care too much. They try too hard. They, they're, they are way, they think too much. That's what, that's a theme of the movie, overthinking and not overthinking and how to use that, um, like how to control like your your mental anxiety and how that can impede on the talents that you have and that kind of stuff. So I, that that impressed me. Honestly, like I was pretty not into this movie for the first two acts. And I was like this, I'm just not feeling it. And I was really surprised by the third act, which is rare because usually romantic comedies especially fall apart in the third act. But what really got me in this movie was when um when crash is punched in the face by nuke and he falls back against the pool table and he's like did you hit me with your left and he's like what he's like did you hit me with your left hand like don't don't waste your your pitching hand when you're dealing with a dumb drunk or whatever he says and i'm like <laughs> fuck he knows how out of line he is because i'm watching the movie being like of course he's being a bitter fuck because he's been a bitter fuck for the whole movie he's got a heart of gold or whatever but he's a bitter fuck and and, and so he surprises me when he's all bitter that Nuke has done well. Because it's like, what do you want? You're angry when he's not using his talent. You're angry when he is using his talent. And in the end, like, he's not a perfect guy by any stretch. And he says, sometimes I got to howl at the moon. And that's not an apology, but it's, it's a very authentic character that, he, that they let this guy be wrong. And even better that he knows that he was wrong and he knows that he deserved to get punched in the face. And then at that moment, that's when it finally fucking grabbed me at the very end of the film. I'm like, all right, you got me, Bolt Durham. It holds up. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was a very thaw detailed review. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Well, it's a two to one. And oh, you played a lot better than I did. You got more out of it than I did, which is good. <laughs> I, I, I have to look a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but those are some great gems. And I, I wanted to mention that you're right. There's a lot of things in this movie, lines that are about life. It's a movie about it's a philosophical musing in a way this film is. so, um, And it shows people who do it better than others. Sometimes I think that is philosophy too, especially if you're, uh, you're kind of an amateur, you know, bar creature philosopher, <laughs> philosopher who wants to spot off some shit philosopher who wants to spot off some shit here and there you're gonna sound like a moron and you get that in the movie but you also get moments where people get it momentarily and i think that's life too so I, it's a really good breakdown all right well there it is bull durham this one's in the can and we thank you for watching next week we're gonna have a guest on yay and his name's robbie he's a really sweet canadian boy he does his own show about baseball that that's how i met him that's him great. and his friend ty yeah they're base yeah baseball people but have no fear. There will be no baseball movie selected because he loves the show. In fact, he reached out and said, I love Cinema 9. He, I think he watches and listens to this show more than he does my own baseball show. So, oh, All right. Thanks, Robbie. Right. Yeah. So he's familiar with how things work, and he's excited to be a part of next week's movie, which he has selected. And I got to tell you, I've never seen this movie. Okay. But I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Freddie got fingered? No, no. I know no. you've seen that. Okay. Wouldn't that have been amazing? That. that would have been amazing if he picked that. Someone, please. a joke. We're going Someday. back to Definitely. 2001, though. We're close. Close to Freddie got fingered. So it's the same year. It's time for the original that spawned a billion movies. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yep. We're doing it. Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious. We're doing it. I've never seen it. I have never seen this movie. I so. turned it off. 
<laughs> so I saw part of it. Robbie said it was a movie about much more than you realized. So mm. we're gonna. I'm gonna find out. I've never seen it at all, and I've heard all the jokes. I've made a million Fast and Furious jokes <laughs> over my life. Too fast. Well, I think it's furious. Too fast. Too furious. Yeah. I guess it's time to finally at least find out what's going on here with the original. <laughs> Okay, I saw it in the theater. I've seen it a okay. few times. All I'm right. excited. Okay. About oh, shit. All right. Okay. Yeah. okay, 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 all right. I'm surprised what we okay. learned from this. You never know. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> Robbie's a, you're a good man, Robbie, so don't worry. It's not your fault, Robbie. It's so. not your fault. It's not your fault. So. <laughs> Tim Stock hey, says, hail. Hail? Is that part hail. of the movie? Who's that saying hail. hello. He's greeting us. Hail. Oh, oh. from oh. Tim Stock. Hail, Tim Talk. Tim's Talk. Talking Tim. You guys talk Tim on Tim's talk? Because you better. <laughs> oh, I talk Tim. I talk Tim yeah. real good. Talk Tim. Top five Tim's. <laughs> top five Tim's. All right, that's it. Stop with the top five. Dorfine You're on Yeah, Dorf, Dorf goes fishing. <laughs> uh, that's the show. Thank you so much for watching, listening. Five-star review. It helps the show grow. And if you like what we do, share with your friends. If you like movies, I think we do admirable job of keeping it light, yeah. but also hitting salient points while sure. also being clueless at times, admitting it freely. I think... You, get, you run the gamut here. So for Travis and Eric, I'm Michael. If you like what we do so much, you want the Patreon, check it out in the show notes. There's the link. And until next time, next week with Robbie doing Fast and Furious. Fuck this fucking game. <laughs> a cock, a pussy. pussy. <laughs>